Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the highly decorated and oldest podcast between a unemployed Des Moines journalist and a regretfully employed Memphis accountant talking paragraphs. I am your host, Daniel P. Finney Actual. And we'll get into that in a moment. And joining us is Mr. Don't Say the P Word, Memphis Paul. How are the spreadsheets, buddy? Uh, Lying unattended with uh, dust and uh, tumbleweed, cobwebs. Now... Now I mentioned uh, don't say the p word, which I had irritated. You did. I had irritated you with that earlier in the week, and yeah. and just a, in a text conversation, and I didn't mean to. I thought that you would be nostalgic for it because well, it was both of us have an appreciation for uh, Max Headroom, who was a kind of a phenomenon in the middle eighties. This this yeah. this CGI character trapped in a television. Uh, he was a t- like a talk show host on uh, Showtime, and he had his own TV show on ABC that was terrible and incomprehensible because they tried to make well, it, they tried to make it like hard sci-fi. But his big thing was he was a shill for Coke, and so I brought. Uh, one of the things that he said was don't don't say the p word so i brought that up a couple of times and you just got pissed off at me <laughs> and i don't uh i didn't mean to do that so i will i will no longer say don't say the p word except i will probably say it a lot mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh we i've been i've been told we live in a golden age of television the, the platinum true. platinum age of television. There's a lot. There's a lot of different options. Yeah, uh, a lot of shows. Uh, past and present. Uh, Show, all shows, past and present, are available to us somehow. I feel. I feel like um, the modern era goes back a while. Like maybe the last seven or eight years to me the height was uh, Mad Men and Breaking Bad but it's yeah. it's still pretty high the you wire know, the wire before that I mean compared to um, the age we grew up in it's there's more TV it's yeah uh, prestige it's widely available or streaming I mean uh, when, H- when HBO got into original programming with like Oz and mm-hmm. The Sopranos. That's when stuff yeah. started starting to get real. That was that was the start, but but now everyone's doing it. Yeah. Um. And there's no shame in being a TV actor, especially right. like the streaming thing. It could be like ten episodes, and you could be a big name. Right. Uh. But uh, there is some nostalgia for the past of of TV in the sense that. Um, and and maybe you can come up with counterexamples uh, to this, but uh, there were shows like Max Headroom and um, uh, 
Twin Peaks. Sure. That felt like, oh, well, this is weird, you know. Twin- it's kind of like, kind of like seventies movies where it's like, oh, we're going somewhere different here. We're breaking I, I w- out of a norm. I'll, but maybe I'll say this for, new stuff. Yeah, I'll say for Twin Peaks. Haven't watched. Yeah. For, for Twin Peaks, it was one of the first shows I remember, and that was on when I was in high school, so I wasn't paying attention at all. Yeah. I caught it later. But Twin Peaks, I'll say this much for it. It was one of the first shows I remember people making, like having parties and going, it's like, oh, Twin Peaks is on tonight, whatever night it was. Yeah. Uh, we're all going to get together and watch Twin Peaks. And that continued into the HBO era. But the thing that I miss about old television, which we will never restore, is that though the flaw in it was that it was a single perspective, meaning it was mostly like a white middle class uh, uh, wasp uh, perspective, uh, Protestant, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant perspective. But it was at least something that we all fed off of at the same time. So we had we had a unifying experience, even if it wasn't even if it often wasn't very significant. There were there were some things that crossed all the lines, like people watched, you know, the A-team and you would go to school and talk about the A-team and almost everyone had seen it or Dallas or whatever adults were watching. And now that's all gone because we've all gone into our own corner. Well, I'd like to say that this uh, this software we use is free, and we're getting what we paid for. Uh, I used to use a paid service to to host the podcast, and it was a little bit better. Coming in faint, man. Well, of course I am. Now you're coming in hot. Uh, That's there we go. I, I was just complaining about the. I was complaining about the way that we record the podcast, and that's why they drop in the middle of a point. Uh, the point I was making is that, despite all the fractures in society and despite all the limitations in mm-hmm. perspective, having only a couple of channels at least meant that we were all we all had something that we touched base with uh, on a regular basis. And now that that's gone, I think it's been very troublesome for society. Yeah. Yeah. Those were weird shows, but they were all white shows. Uh, It was very rare to have someone non-white, the, in fact, it it felt kind of emphasized like um, there was that lumber mill in Twin Peaks where the guy died and it was left to the the Asian wife. Yeah, and it was like it was kind of a point of emphasis that like, oh, you're not from here. Yeah, uh, you're you're different. We kind of had the same thing going on today with shows uh, like you know you and I both like the Unicorn. And they've done several episodes talking about, oh, you can't give my, like the dopey guy who's married to the doctor, he he gave the, uh, 
what, uh, that, I don't know if he's a contractor or whatever that guy, the, who's the black guy, uh, he gave his kid a squirt gun and then oh. he had to go take it away because, you know, obviously the police are going to shoot that kid uh, or wow. there's a chance, you know, and there was a whole... Yeah. I don't remember that joke. But, uh, well, it wasn't a joke. It was, fair. It, was, it was like... Or whatever. A, observational. Yeah, uh, it, was a, it was a whole... That was a whole was, sub-theme for an episode. Yeah. Like, you know, this guy, the, the dopey guy felt guilty about it. And he wanted he wanted the black guy to give him a, you're okay, don't worry about it. But instead, the black guy was like, why don't you just pay attention to what's going on and listen, listen to me when I tell you stuff. Uh, so... There's a lot of there's a lot of that going on. It's probably necessary. Uh, yeah. It may even do some good. Um, but the bottom line is Max Headroom. I don't think Matt Frewer, who was the guy who played Max Headroom, should be ashamed of having done that. He that should be that he should that should be his career highlight. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and I you know what, Paul. I guess this take wasn't about TV. It was more about you saying, "Don't say the p word in hell." Oh, that was right. No, I think uh, we were. I think we were. I think you were artfully leading into uh, the take uh, well, about the uh, we were comparing eras yeah. and the era. The the what? There's even been books called the Platinum Age of Television. Yeah. Uh, that I think The Wire is one of those TV series that people say this may be one of the best TV shows of all time. Uh, it's always in somebody, it's always in the lists of lists because yeah. there always needs to be a list. I, I have, I do not have nearly enough experience with all of television to begin to start rating it. Yeah. Uh, one through five. I will say it's one of the best television shows I've ever watched beginning to end, but it was also one of the first television shows that I watched. Uh, in an- no, that I watched it in anthology format. Like, I don't yeah. know that I would have kept up with this show if it was on HBO because the produ- productions, yeah. production schedules are frustrating. Because yeah. HBO, they'll be like, Here's ten episodes. We'll see you in two years, um, and they're more British in that way. Uh, so I was able just to watch episode after episode, season after season, and then you know to see it all together like that. It was it was like reading a really epic novel. Um, but you had mentioned uh, a new show that you there had been some chatter. On well, the inter interwebs. No, you had. Uh, that, if this is snowfall, this this goes back to your teaching practicum. Yeah, which we could get into, but ultimately that that came. We'll out get of into that it. Experience. That's where that well, came from, anyway. The snowfall. Well, you'd heard something about snowfall, though, and somebody compared it to the wire. Said it might even be better than the wire. No, one of these teens that you were in, embedded with. Uh, yeah, during, during whatever the practicum or the whatever it's called, it's called practicum. Okay, they they were saying, "Oh, is this is this now in the same conversation as the wire?" Uh, which uh, 
having heard your observations of these kids, I uh, I was fearful for our, our uh, the, the future. Uh, because because they were watching The Wire? No, no, just from your other observations of what they were going to do. It seems a little silly. Uh, but uh, that, that they at least knew that The Wire was a good show restored some faith. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, I'm, I'm teasing well, slightly. Uh, I think right. you picked out the, uh, the more silly... Uh, things in, in observation to pass on of uh, course i did because you were going through a hard time at work and i thought they would amuse you right uh or give you something else to be infuriated about sure. either way right either either way i was doing you a service mm-hmm. um no uh <clears throat> so we talk we both love the wire uh which if, if people don't know what it is it's there was a former boss, Baltimore uh, Sun reporter, who'd been a longtime police reporter, who took all of that knowledge. He he was behind the show Homicide, yeah. Life on the Street, that was on NBC for several years, and then this show uh, was like the mature maturation of that. It's like, well, this is what you do on a network take that now we're going to put it on hbo we're going to go all out we're, and we're going to tell the story of uh the drug trade in baltimore from both the perspective of the drug dealers uh, and that side and the the side of the police and at times both sides are going to be sympathetic and at times, both sides are going to be, uh, you're going to be grossed out by them. And I, I thought, that, and that was one of the things that worked so well about The Wire is there'd be times you were really rooting for, you know, Omar, who's nothing more than a murderer who steals drugs. Uh, or And there were times when you were really ticked off at McNulty for doing some dumb thing, yeah. either in his personal life or as a cop, that that was um unacceptable um so the comparison between that and snowfall i have not watched snowfall i was vaguely aware of it Mm -hmm. so when you brought it up i said well you know what i'm gonna do for the show i'm gonna watch the pilot of the wire rewatch it and i'm gonna watch the pilot of snowfall uh on 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 the hulu hulu um and so i watched snowfall first so snowfall is set in 1983 and the idea is that the cia which this is true introduced crack cocaine into inner city los angeles which created untold amount of poverty and crime and just wrecked it wrecked whole regions of Southern California. Yeah. Um, and then it spread across the nation like a plague. We had crack cocaine in Des Moines. It's I'm sure Memphis, it's, it was just the worst plague ever, but it raised a bunch of money for the CIA so they could have their little wars in oh. places like Panama, Nicaragua and 
and so that that's an actual true story. A journalist who reported on that for the San Jose Mercury News, uh, who had a troubled life of his own, uh, was pretty much blackballed, and his career was destroyed by the CIA. Um, but anyway, so this is this this is a story that's being told in 1983 in that period, and it has similarities to the Wire. We meet a young drug dealer whose mother is struggling and the father is uh, like a drunk or burned out or something, just wanders the streets. Uh, the wife and or the uncle and aunt are involved in some nefarious stuff. And the there's rich kids who do cocaine. Oh. And uh, this kid is a deals weed to them but they want to get Coke and he doesn't have a Coke connection. That interruption was brought to you by anchor podcasting, the worst podcasting service available to man. So we meet, you able to hear me. All right. You're a little sad. God damn it. I'm losing my temper here. We've got a little bit of, uh, I don't know what the problem is. I can't fix it. Um, uh, there are ways to do podcasting that's better than the way we do this, but it takes a lot of setup and we're both, um, I wouldn't say lazy, but we both have a lot of stuff going on. So if we take an hour or so on a weekend to do this, we want it to be enjoyable. Not like, Oh God, I got to set all this crap up. Uh, anyway, uh, we meet a young drug dealer who ends up selling Coke for mobsters. But at the beginning of the show, there's a CIA officer, CIA officer who's having a huge party at his, his house, which is this gorgeous house that overlooks uh, the Valley of Los Angeles. He ODs on, because uh, he's snorting Coke and then somebody takes a metal straw and blows Coke up his butt uh yeah okay <laughs> he ods so the guy the one of the bad guys who's at the party who's connected to the drug trade in socal um f- goes to the ca office like secret office in los angeles and meets this other guy who's had a bunch of problems in his career and like hey there's all this coke at this dead cia officer's house and then that guy decides to run an operation to fund the wars that uh the cia wants to fight in places where there are people that the united states government doesn't like so that's the opening of it um you get to meet some more people and uh there's some tense scenes here is the comparison i'm going to make with the wire opening the wire is a thousand times better written just in the pilot i haven't watched any more than the first two the first episodes of each show because there's that great scene where there's a dead kid uh this is the boogie uh snot snot boogie kid he's been murdered uh because he ripped off the crap game or the craps game 
and uh one of the one of the mcnulty the main cop of the show is sitting there with this kid who saw it happen and mcnulty's like they're going back and forth about how this kid always rips off the crap game and mcnulty's like i gotta ask why if he always ripped it off why did you uh let him play he's like you got to this is america you know it's just great lines like that the other thing is uh the characters arrive fully formed and i know that because i've seen the whole show but they all have distinct personalities right away like uh lance reddick who plays the uh narcotics lieutenant who's pissed off and powerful and fast rising he has uh has has his presence right away the guy who plays the major who's on his way to be in chief one day he's he's got his uh you know hand in the till so to speak uh you know you know you know what kind of hard ass he is uh and uh, all of that stuff, but even at a very subtle level, like you can see what uh, a dump Baltimore is, yeah. and how all of this has destroyed Baltimore. Like these are all taking places at like housing projects and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, the towers, right? The uh, and the street corners and yeah. Um, and the, the glamour never really falls off of Los Angeles in the first episode. And maybe that's just the way Los Angeles is. The other thing is the wire, the pilot uses no incidental music by which I mean, there's no dramatic instrumental music and they don't make use of pop music. They, they just have the story with no music. The show, uh, the Snowfall show, drops in pop music tracks that were popular either at the time or before, which is fine if you're doing a teen comedy, you know, set in a certain time or it's, but like, if you want me to compare Snowfall to The Wire, I'm going to say that's a show business trick that, that makes me recognize i'm watching a tv show whereas the wire was like not doing that and it made me realize that something different was happening here so uh i'm not ranking things because i'm trying to get rank uh out of the ranking business but am i fading again what the fuck you there was some uh crackle sound and Mm. suddenly you came in hot I'm trying oh. to find a balance here. Uh, yeah, th- I don't know what's going on. Uh, I apologize for everything. Sound, anyway, sounds sounds like there's some uh, recency bias from these uh, young people, oh, or they've seen more of the show, and it's like, oh, it's getting to that point, and you know, if they're watching it as it's gone along. Uh, Maybe it's getting getting there. Well, if I, uh, I'm I'm just picking on preferences mm-hmm. and what I understand to be quality, because right. you you b- 
berated me with the wire for a good couple of years before yeah. I, I finally bought the box set and watched the whole show. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know what? This is pretty good. But um, if I had to compare them just on the pilot, like, yeah. if it, like if they were both coming out the same season, I would be like, well, I'm probably going to watch The Wire and not Snowfall. Like, I don't feel compelled to watch the second episode of Snowfall. But last night I was like, yeah, I could watch the next episode of The Wire, even yeah. though I've seen them all. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we're in the season four or five of Snowfall. Yeah. And uh, if, if they've been watching it all along and it's good, then uh, I, I guess I'm pleased these kids have uh, uh, watched something that besides Criminal Minds, which was the <laughs> default uh, background noise in you the get, room. Do you want to get into practicum? Sure. Just to finish up this take, like, uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, you know, my own favorite, The Wire, is, is, is deemed a winner just on this limited view. Uh, but at the same time, I'm happy these kids have uh, expanded their horizons a little bit, which is good. Yeah, so let's, let's hear about this, this week, week spent in paradise that is. Urbandale, Iowa. Well, uh, I was, I as, as re- listeners, uh, know, I am. Uh, I, my journalism career ended abruptly last year, and now I'm studying to earn my master's degree so I can be a high school teacher. Yep. And I'm in the. Uh, I've got one more year of school, basically. But I'm in the uh, one of the final stages before you actually student teach is you have to do 80 hours, excuse me, 40 hours of practicum, mm-hmm. uh, which means um, in in the thick of it, it's just, we're right. past we're past the theoretical. You're in the trenches, right. the actual school. Uh, right. I was uh, I was in uh, a journalism and English classroom at Urbandale High School, which is one of our suburbs, for a week. And I'm just going to say mostly positive that it's the, it's one of those moments where you, you look at this and you're like, how would I do this? Can I do this? Mm-hmm. Do I have do, do I have it in me to ma- manage this kind of situation? Like, if there was a thing that came up, that was problematic. How would I handle that? These are the questions you ask by, you don't say out loud, but you know, if you're interacting with the students, uh, you know, how is that going? Are you gauging the, the impact of what you're saying and are you really listening or are you whatever? And uh, I felt really good about it. I felt like, you know what, I could do this. I, I'm not saying that I'd be, I don't by any means want to say, oh, I'm going to be National Teacher of the Year right out of the box. Uh, I feel like the first year will mostly be just failures and frustrations. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and maybe the first couple of years. But I feel like, is this something that I would want to do? 
recognizing that there are many hassles in education, just like there are many hassles in every career. After after the first week, I was like, yeah, I'll be okay. I mean, I can make it. Uh, And that goes with all the physical trouble I had, you know, with my arthritic knees and getting up and around the school building. Um, I thought I could make this work. Uh, And I, and I, it made me, I, I, hesitate to say this because I don't like to say uh, positive outlook things because not because of jinx but just there are so many variables but I felt I felt more optimistic about my future after having done that yeah did did, did it feel like today's youth was uh, different than uh, your memories of uh, yourself at that age I, I guess that would be my biggest like uh, uh, th- thing to come out of it myself. Like, uh... yes and no. Like the the yes is they're definitely the like the technology has made things different. Yeah. So there, everybody has eyeballs on phones yeah. quite a lot, but in terms of like what I had forgotten about teenagers because I haven't really been around them on a regular basis in since I was a teenager right? is how much energy they have and how much, how squirrely they are. Um, So that, that, that presence felt like, Oh, that was me at that time. That was the environment. Yeah. Everybody's running, everybody's running their mouths. Nobody knows what they're talking about. Uh, You know, there, there's, a little bit of teasing, but it's not mean teasing. It's just sort of, you know, me saying, uh, don't say the P word kind of teasing. Yeah. P, the P word, by the way, is Pepsi. Yeah. Uh, for, for people who don't know what the hell we're talking about. But yeah, it, uh, most of the time, and, and I was looking at all levels of students. So there were there were AP English students and comp students, journalism students, and then there were reg, uh, gen, general population, yeah, whatever yeah. the proper term is for, yeah. um, for 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 English classes. And you know, some students needed more help than others. Uh, I was surprised by how little work was actually done by students in the classroom. But I also remember I didn't do that much work in school either. I would just sit around and gab all day and, you know, slam the homework together later because, you know, it was easy for me. And that's, these are the advanced students. They don't need the the one-on-one time. Yeah that that other students do so well we we had this pandemic and um it kind of disrupted school sure it was remote and uh i remember seeing articles on like twitter about yeah high school is kind of a different environment um Mm -hmm. when you get to that age you don't really need eight hours of just sitting in place Mm -hmm. um and and that that was something that 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 kind of came out of uh, remote learning, or I, I, when I was in high school, uh, there was a fire at one of the schools. Mm-hmm. There was like a high school, and high school was uh, ten through twelve, and 
nine through seven was, I don't know, middle school. I don't know what that was called. But anyway, one of the buildings caught fire and uh, we were sharing a, a space, basically. Uh, so each set of students was only there for like six hours. Uh, so we, some people had an early part of the, the school day and the other had a later part. But overall, it was less time. Um, and it seemed like the high school kids liked it. It's like they spent more time with their part-time jobs and uh, like spending six hours versus eight hours. It's like, oh, that's, that's good. I like that. That's fine. And, and certainly getting into college, you know, we're not spending all that time learning each day. Uh, but we're still able to learn things as college students, you know. Uh, it's more more on your own or homework or reading uh, right. outside the class. It's, it's like our minds kind of shift at a certain point. Uh, well, my practicum mentor, the teacher, mm-hmm. the classroom teacher, she was pretty cool. Um, she did things that, that I think I wouldn't do, but, uh, you know, she's got 15 yeah. years on me, yeah. so who knows? Maybe I would do yeah. those things. But I think uh, what she gave me was a pretty broad perspective. And then, you know, she'd take time and talk to me about uh, different things that she was choosing to do and why she was choosing to do them that way. And that, that was really helpful. Um, there, you know, there was certainly times when she would put the smack down and be like, okay, like one class was just getting too loud. So she's like, all right, we're not doing any work. Then the rough draft is due on Friday and the final draft's due on Monday. Yeah. And it's like, well, what if we were paying attention? It's like too bad. Uh, it's like, that's cool. I mean, hard. I like I like it when somebody just says, "Here are the rules." Here's the consequences. Yeah. Um, she she was also the teach. She seemed to be the kind of teacher that people came to with their problems. Like, you know, there was a girl who had some prom problems, like hair and makeup yeah. and whatever. And there was another girl that was talking, and then and sometimes boys would come in and talk to her about stuff and you know i have to ask myself is that the kind of teacher that i want to be yeah. um because I, I and i we talked i talked about this with the teacher like she would always say she called the students babies she's like oh bye bye my babies so see you tomorrow mm-hmm. you know and i'm like well as a male teacher i'm not saying yeah. that uh you know and but I, I it was a really good period of time to just sort of watch and see how this goes and be like, can you imagine yourself in this spot? Yeah. I'm not sh- I'm not sure that it wouldn't be good for accountants, you know, like accountant practicum. You have to go to a, a CPA office or H uh, and R block, and like you have to sit through a couple of cookie cakes. Well, this- yeah, and uh, you know, I, I have to I have to admire my current boss. It, it's it's at yeah. a CPA firm. He has uh, seasonal people. Um, mm-hmm. 
he's been impacted in, in the way that um, a lot of businesses are. You know, there's the pandemic, and it's like, oh, gosh, what's our model? You know, are we working in the office? Do we have enough work to do? You know, just, uh, what's, what's going to happen with commercial property? Should we work from home or away from home? And, um, right. and he, he has um, a couple college kids doing scanning stuff, scanning mm-hmm. in the documents. And uh, uh, I think maybe some other stuff like inputting tax info into the program. So uh, he's kind of, you know, teaching young accounting people every year, you know. Um, that is, uh, for a small business, that's an especially uh, generous we, move. You know, we, we were from a, a restaurant, and he just kind of t- t- take, took on that piece of book, you know, that book of business. And, you know, we, we came in mm-hmm. without really knowing the processes that we, we would be using fr- from where we came. Like, we, we knew how to do things, but there'd be new software, and, you know, he's he's been showing us different things and the other new hires. Uh, it, it's, it's like there's a tax season, so there's, I think there's more turnover, Uh so this this idea of like teaching people a, a practicum for accounting, it, it does feel like that's more his his process than when I was a, an accountant at just a public company where you're just working mm-hmm. there all the time and there's not much turnover really. Uh, everyone does the same well, job. And in journalism, we have internships uh, where college kids just actually work as reporters for very little pay uh but it turns out that internships are actually what full-time employment is now you're just working for very little pay but that experience can can be misleading because a lot of times when you're an intern you're filling in on the crime beat or uh whatever and you'll get a really hot story and it'll do well on the web and you know the ed- the editor will rewrite it to be good <laughs> and yeah you're you're not getting the experience of like uh we sent you out to do this story and you don't have enough sources yeah. and the the writing is poor and we need you to clean it up yeah. and newspapers or news organizations really aren't teaching institutions anymore. So they can have an internship and get a bunch of great uh, portfolio items, but they may not actually be worth a damn. And then the problem is like newspapers and news organizations are really only hiring young uh, people. And that's, that's just because they don't want to pay much more than like, Oh, these, this is a, a great hire who's going to do something for us. Well, yeah, inter- an internship is basically a tryout for yeah. a job. If because if there's an opening, they're going to hire you because they can pay you like 30, 32 grand, and you'll get two roommates and live in a townhouse downtown um, instead of uh, getting a living wage and becoming. You, you could ex- you could basically get to extend. 
childhood for a couple yeah. of years. And I was telling like the journalism students at the school I was at, I was like, it's fine if you want to go into journalism. Mm-hmm. It is, but it's not a lifelong yeah. career. Like if I were you and you went to college for journalism, the thing I would do was have a, a secondary major. Uh, and I said accounting, you know, international uh, business, something. Yeah, or marketing or advertising or whatever, because after about five years, you're going to get sick of the way you've been treated or you're going to be like, I'd like to get married and, and buy a yeah. house, but I can't that afford cost, it on this, this crap, crap pay. Uh, or the business will keep changing under your feet and you'll be like, I'd like a, like a modicum of stability yeah. in my life. Um, so... Like I said, it's fine to do, but I wouldn't do it more than three to five years after you graduate, um, and then and then move on to something that's uh, more that rewards you more for way less hassle. You got to weigh these things, like you know, do do I want a chicken sandwich for lunch? Well, who makes a good chicken sandwich? Um, is there is oh, there a that, system that for might... that? Uh, is there factors that's... that elevate one over another? Um, if we had the kind of podcast where I could play sound, uh, uh, sounds, I would yeah. sound effects. I would play. I would play like don't, a, don't... A, a giant siren with uh, fireworks because yeah. that is definitely the segue I, I of the week. I think you'd be playing. Don't don't say the p word because you've just been obsessed with that. Uh, I don't know why that yeah. makes you so angry because. Because it's Max Headroom saying, "Don't drink Pepsi." There's nothing about that you dislike. I guess it's just the phrasing that upsets you. Like you don't like Pepsi, and this is making fun of Pepsi. You like uh-huh. Max Headroom. I don't remember the guess, ad, and uh, just got repeated a lot. It's like it's like I'm going to go on. I'm going to go on eBay, TV and it's like, oh, here's this commercial uh, for the eighth time during March Madness. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on eBay and find one of those bumper stickers and great. send it to you. But on to on the chicken sandwiches. Yeah. We, we want to get into yeah. meaty topics. I do. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but you. I, that's me stealing your uh, your pun. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Uh, we work with what we have, Paul. We work with what we have. Um, so you have been talking about the mm-hmm. chicken wars, which has been a topic in, for a while. I, I would see, now. I would see articles about uh, it on like business publications or business articles. Uh, and then I saw an article about, oh, these are the best chicken sandwiches just, uh, as a consumer, not as a person, uh, uh, investing in stock or something. Uh, and I, I found right. out, oh, hey, this Popeye's, uh, which is near where I work, that was on the way to the comic shop. Uh, I could yeah. just eat on the way in my car. Highly ranked. Highly ranked. It is. I don't want to. I don't want to get ahead of our uh, our analysis, our chicken chicken yeah. analysis from from the trenches. But well, uh, it's like, oh, I can eat this on the way to the comic shop. Get my comics and then return, 
I was put off because it was like, oh, I'd have to cross traffic to get back to the Popeyes after I got my stuff. That like that that was a mental hiccup I couldn't get past. But having solved that, uh, I've eaten their offering. Well, here's what happens mm-hmm. between Paul and I a lot is like I was doing the Max Headroom bid. Uh, Paul will find a thing. And they just bring it up Chicken all the sandwiches. time because I either, yeah, like he'll bring up that Troy Aikman's wings place or whatever because he knows there aren't, because there's not one in Des Moines. And I think we do have a wing Great. stop now, by the way. Uh, but uh, like for, for years, it was sub sandwich yeah. places. Like, well, you haven't eaten until you've had a firehouse sub or you haven't eaten until. Play you've had a Jersey Mike, yeah. and then when we would get those, he, he, he would just stop talking about them like they didn't matter well, to him at all. So he kept he kept pimping me about these uh, chicken sandwiches. So while I was going to practicum in Urban, which is a chicken because, mecca, apparently. It, 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 well, yes, there's there's a road in Des Moines called Merle Hay Road. It's named after the first guy who died on and the first American who died in oh, World War One, And Merle Hay Road stretches from University Avenue in Des Moines all the way north to uh, the uh, 8035 uh, uh, belt, Beltway. And on this road are almost all of the main contenders in the in the chicken wars there's mcdonald's uh chick-fil-a popeyes oh kfc um uh, i think i don't know i think that's all of them like popeyes and k popeyes and chick-fil-a are in the same parking lot like, yeah. like there's a mall there, and then they have the businesses there in the front of the parking lot. Popeyes and Chick Fil A are in the same a trin- lot. A trench between they, them as they lob uh, explosives. Right, they're they lob mayo packets, and uh, you should know this place. It's they're both in front of that that coat yeah. store that you went to when you were a freshman at Drake, and you had to write home for money because. You only had a windbreaker yeah. coming from Jackson, Tennessee, and not aware that yeah. it got below forty uh, in in the metro here. Anyway, so I would come home because uh, you'd be pretty hungry about four o'clock in the afternoon because you ate lunch at like eleven or whatever because of school hours. And I would be coming home, and I'd be like, you know what, I am going to. Uh, I'm going to get in on this chicken wars take uh, uh, if for no other reason than to take it away from Paul. And then I'm going to um, uh, make, make my own uh, definitions. Now, now, before we get into this, it's important to note that Paul has only been to Three of the chicken. Uh, I've I've had the Popeyes places and uh, one 
Chick-fil-A has multiple listings in the in the charts. Uh, I've had the just yeah. the crispy sandwich, the non-spicy crispy. Yeah. Uh, there must not be Paul like I uh, don't like to go out of my route to get food. So like it's been years since I've had a certain kind of tacos because I don't like to. It's not anywhere where I am, so I just don't go there. But um, mm-hmm. I got in on this. And I started with Popeye's because that was the first turn on my way home. I rolled in there. I I got a spicy chicken sandwich with a lemonade. Uh, pulled over and I ate it, and it was delightful. Uh, it, it was it, it was the Popeye's chicken really just felt like you know somebody's mom or grandma mm-hmm. spiced it up, put a little sauce on it like a piece of actual chicken breast yeah. and slammed it on a bun. Like it just felt like it tasted and had the texture yeah. of a real piece of chicken. Uh, and it was just the right amount of spicy. It was crunchy. Yeah. Uh, and the meat was more. I like, I like the pickles. Uh, uh, the, the yes, article, the pickles, the pickles the, add the a lot. These, it had it number one. Uh, it, it noted that it was fried in peanut yeah. oil, which I don't know what that provides, but the taste is good. It's it's very has a nice spicy quality. To well, it. because uh, well, so that means all the peanut allergy kids can't have. Uh, but also, um, uh, just as a side note, because for me it's like, oh, is the chicken sandwich good? But there's yeah. X factors. So uh, the X mm-hmm. factor with Popeyes is I, I like the Cajun rice and the red beans and rice and sides, so that that's a plus. Like all things being new, yeah. this is a an up arrow. Uh, yeah, I didn't try any sides because this is our uh, this alludes uh, to our last. Take, and I like uh, the, the lemonade. Any actual, so uh, that's fine. Yeah, so I got a lemonade, even though I should be avoiding the sugars. So I, I would rank Popeye's number yeah. one by quite a bit. Um, I then tried uh, the Chick-fil-A uh, sandwich. Uh, yeah. It was not as crispy as the yeah. Popeye's sandwich, but it was still very tasty. And a, one of the things that works for Chick-fil-A for me that most of the restaurants don't have is gosh the, these yeah, that's kids the that work there are really me. nice when, when when discussing chick-fil-a yeah uh, like we have them here in memphis that the lines are out to the street but no one you know no one cares it's like oh we're doing this for chick-fil-a that's fine if we disrupt traffic they, they split the line out and then they have people coming to take your orders and then the yeah where they disseminate the food uh, that was very organized. Um, it, it was very military uh, precise. I'm sure like onward Christian soldiers was going through their head because they're also, you know, Southern Baptists. Um, the, they have some they well, have interesting I, product offerings. I, I know. Like their soups are good and the, I like their waffle fries. They have the calendars. They have little seasonal 
I'm surprised <laughs> that these Baptists are able to work there because waffle fries are an abomination. I don't, against I don't, I don't understand your, uh, your waffle fry thing, but uh, that's fine. Uh, well, I guess I just, I, I, I just, I don't like. Hardee's did this yeah. years ago. They started with the curly fries, but yeah. there was nothing wrong with the fries. There's no reason to mess with the fries. Like I understand that all of you can't have McDonald's fries. Whatever they're doing, they're doing it well, and you can't beat them. But there's no reason why you need to like make different <laughs> shapes out of them. It just it bothers me. Quit, quit with that. Uh, if you're going to make a waffle fry, just go ahead yeah. and have mashed potatoes and put that aside. I don't want interesting. I don't want your waffle fries. Uh, I don't know why it bothers me so much either, Paul. It just does. I don't. I don't want a tic tac toe board. Oh. I want a French fry. So, anyway, yeah. I did not hold that against Chick Fil A. Yeah. I would also rank them number two because they were tasty and they do the same thing here. Like the the Chick Fil A locations uh, yeah. are so busy, like they gum up the yeah. parking lots for the other stuff in the strip mall. Uh, they have like three lanes that you can go into and you slowly narrow into one and you get your stuff and everybody's got one of those little boxes <laughs> you jam your credit card yeah. into. Or, uh, But their sandwich was good. I would rank it two, but yeah. I went to KFC, which you haven't tried. KFC was yeah. KFC delivers on crispiness. At a level that rivals Popeyes, um, I am not. I generally hate KFC. I just when I go to KFC, it's like going to Long John Silver's. I feel like I've been coated in an oil, oily substance of some sort. You know, like like acid rain or something. I don't know what's happened there. But uh, I got the spicy chicken sandwich. It just felt more like. It wasn't a patty. It was definitely a piece of chicken, but it felt like it more. It relied more yeah. on the sauce that they put on it than yeah. the spices that they cooked it with. And so it tasted good. Like I, I'm going to say this for all the yeah. sandwiches I, that I ate in this test. I didn't walk yeah. away thinking that's just crap. I'm never degrees that again. Enjoyment. Uh, right. Uh, so I would rank the KFC thing, uh, third, uh, but it's not, none of them are terrible. Like none of them are like, oh, uh, I I wouldn't have, you know, I, I would, I'd rather just, you know, um, pick up gum off the ground and, and swallow it than, than, no, they, they were all fine. Uh, the McDonald's yeah. sandwich, which you have, you and I have both had, uh, yeah. I found it to be a McDonald's sandwich, which is, which to some people is an insult, but it's not to me because I like yeah. McDonald's hamburgers, just plain cheeseburgers because they feel good in the hand. They don't deliver any more or less than what yeah. is promised there, which is a McDonald's hamburger. And 
I did get this with fries, fries because I yeah, went to fries McDonald's, and if you didn't get fries, McDonald's, like, that's the best fry. Right. Right, if you're, if you're going to McDonald's and you're not getting fries, yeah. you're probably a communist infiltrator. Mm-hmm. You're an Al-Qaeda or that, something. That's how... Whatever, yeah. Whoever we're afraid of right now, the that's, that's the, the Americans person. on FX. Like, what, you didn't get fries? Okay, here's... This is... They were, yeah. Yeah, put your hands up. Put your hands up. Yeah, you're under you're under arrest. So, so the the McDonald's sandwich was a patty. Uh, it was flavored. It wasn't super yeah. crunchy. You know, in fact, I don't think it was crunchy at all. <laughs> had a good flavor. Had some yeah. bite to it. It was small. Yeah. Which McDonald's sandwiches are small, uh, which is why I believe the that book, um, "Supersize Me," is a fraud, because no scientist that has been able to reproduce the results this guy claims that he got. And the, like I've eaten at McDonald's for like a week at a time and actually lost a little bit of weight because the the portions are way smaller than what I get at other kinds of restaurants. And uh, anyway, all I'm saying is it was a yeah. McDonald's sandwich, but I think that that's okay. Like it's they, it was the cheapest yeah, of the three were, by quite a bit. They were high up on the uh, yeah. the survey on the internet, but that was not my experience. They were really? probably at the low end. I, I got it for myself and my mom, and yeah. we both were like, "Nah, this is not great." Uh, it was like it was cooked in the same oil as the fries or something. There was just something off. It's like we were both thinking, well, this guy sure. that ranked this highly, he, he must have gotten like the first batch of the day or something. Or there, there was there was a good separation of duties at where he went. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's you know. it's true. You, you never know what's been in the fryer. Before that, I I would say it's fine. Like if the like if if the if Popeyes is five and Chick Fil A is four point five and KFC is four, this is a three. Yeah, it's a big step down from the other three, but it's the most convenient of the yeah. five. Like I'm gonna have to go out of my right. way since I'm not going to Urbandale every day anymore i'm gonna have to go i would have to go all the way out yeah. there to get that chicken yeah. but i there's a mcdonald's up the street um so i'm this is the thing this is one of the rare conversations that we've had where it was not adversarial and we we yeah. participated in it in a near scientific yeah. matter and and reached consensus yeah so and it just doesn't happen in these days anymore the so uh, we've we've elevated it in our esteem. I, yeah, I think that I think the chicken sandwich is the thing that could bring America it, together, except it, for the vegetarians unites, and vegans, um, and yeah, fuck them. Every creed, race, and uh, political affiliation. Right. As Dave Chappelle said, uh, I don't know why it's racist to. Mm-hmm. Uh, order to ask people if they like ask black people they like fried chicken and watermelon 
these things these things are delicious <laughs> if you don't like watermelon and uh uh fried chickens there's something wrong with you okay we're almost out of time here uh i want to talk oh, about uh mm-hmm. the faux finny well there's uh you want to get about, into this um simon david simon who who was the the visionary behind the wire he, yeah. he went on one of the things that was great about the wire is uh, it could be hard to decipher the local brogue that the baltimorean spoke in but it felt very authentic yeah but yeah you, yeah, you, I, I watched. You that really show had to work with the it. subtitles uh, on. Like it was a great show, but it was tough work to. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, you, you sure. needed to be paying attention uh, to the wire, uh, and he took that same like eye or ear for voice to other shows. He did Treme, he did uh, Generation Kill. Uh, yeah. Which had a lot of military speech. Oh, I didn't know he was behind that. Uh, that was a great show. You know, I, you know, I'm calling you like uh, Stay Frosty. Actual, there was a hitman actual. Like that was uh, that was a phrase to imply that you were speaking to the yeah. actual person as opposed to their comm officer, or whatever it was. Yeah, units are gathered yeah. in, and and like they have ranks of order, so. Uh, like if it was unit uh, Baby Yoda, it'd be like, you know, this is Baby Yoda six, and you would know which person that was in the line. But when you got to like, this is Baby Yoda so actual, you're, you're, that's you're the that's actual, the top person in that there's unit. A, uh, a faux finny uh, out in the world. Who's there is faux faux finny. Mm-hmm. I've had my identity stolen apparently by. Uh, some scofflaw who uh, filed for my unemployment benefits. They had somehow had my social security number uh, and they had my address, my they had almost everything right except my birthday which was made up and some other piece of my phone number and uh, so when I went to file on, for unemployment I, I, I there's been a bunch of problems with this unemployment filing uh, that would take a whole show to describe but the the end result is when I called about the fourth or fifth time I got a hold of a woman who was actually helpful. And she's like, well, what's your birthday again? And I gave it to her and she was like, well, that's not what we have here. It's like, well, that's what it is. Is this a, is it a key code entry? Like Type I was thinking, maybe I put wrong. 26 and 26, right. The wrong, the wrong number, you know, whatever. And she's like, no, this is way off. So the end result was like, they had to open a fraud investigation and I had to file a police report. But the fun part of it is, and when I say fun, I mean the opposite. The, I don't get paid until this fraud investigation is figured out. Mm-hmm. Even though I can prove that I'm Finney Actual, I, I uploaded my social security card. I uploaded 
my um, driver's license. There's, there's I said, Google me. Of me. Like I have not lived a quiet life. Things in the void. You can, you can find me. Yeah, you you can find me. My pictures on the internet. You know, uh, that sort of thing. Um, and I said, well, how long was this take? Yeah. No timeline, because they've had so many of these cases that and i said well why now that you know i'm me and i've i've given you the correct information why can't you pay me and then go after them uh in in the interim uh that's just not how they would do business which uh <clears throat> i find troubling uh, and could be uh problematic sure. for me in the short term. So I'm now, I'm now having to identify myself as Finney actual when I call Paul, because I don't want him to think that it's the faux Finney, which I I can only assume based on my consumption of popular culture is a guy who looks exactly like me, only with a wiry goatee and perhaps some spangly, you know, sash, across his waist in a gold lame and maybe Private, maybe a, uh, a sleeveless t-shirt a car instead yeah, of a, instead of yeah. Or, uh... yeah. <laughs> car car instead of kit yeah he's the uh he's that guy mm-hmm. so i'm warning all of my friends like watch out for my doppelganger i i don't know what will be the tell Paul, like, how would you know it wasn't me? Like, besides the goatee, uh, like, if he showed up with a full head of hair, the, he'd be like, the oh, cruiser trouble. Got, uh, uh, an evil blinking light in the middle. I, I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. He's like, what's a fun pop? You know, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even I don't even like comic books. What are you talking about? Yeah, back back the fuck away, pal. Just step back ten steps. And and the other thing is, I was intrigued by the idea of having my identity stolen, but like, if you steal it, I feel like I should have yeah. the option of giving you all the other things that go along with it. Like like here, you know what? You can have everything in this apartment, floor to ceiling, yeah. uh, but you have to pay the rent. And uh, and the the cable bill and the uh, you know you got to pay the cell phone bill. I'll walk away. I'll will I'm creative enough. I can come up with another identity, you know, and just fade away. That's fine. Yeah. I'm I'm willing to walk the earth like Kane from Kung Fu. Well, uh, it's, it's funny. You my name Tom my Kane name is Tom Baker. You're talking about uh, the, the teacher saying, "Oh, goodbye, babies," and that's. That's 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 a difficult line to walk as a man. Yeah. Uh, but I, I feel like you could say goodbye, grasshopper. Yeah. I mean that's that's safe, isn't it? Oh sure. Well, that's nice. Yeah, I'll use that. You might have to get my identity back. What the show Kung Fu was. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not gonna yeah. do that. I've already decided that I recognize that I'm old. Yeah. Like whenever I made a reference to Warren Zevon, 
the musician, which you might not even know, I don't know, but uh, mm-hmm. I made a reference to to Werewolves of London in in class, in college class the other day. And keep in mind, there are people my age or a little bit older, but the majority of the class is undergraduates or kids who have gone basically straight from undergrad to grad school. So I made this reference, and the teacher, not even the teacher knew what I was talking about. Uh, and, they, and they accused me of being a boomer. And I'm like, uh, hey, slow your roll. Like, you can tell me that I'm old, but don't don't lump me in with my parents' generation, or you know, I don't need I don't need that kind of pressure. So yeah, I don't. Uh, I've already given up on the fact that I'm not gonna. Mm-hmm like the references that I make, they're not going to get, but uh, I've also given up on the fact that I'm not going to try to well, like, this, watch yeah, things this, they're this watching because no it's not for me, so, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Snowfall was fine. It's a fine show. Here's another problem with it that we didn't get into during that take is it, uh, the wire was on yeah. HBO, so they got the full use of all words, if you know what I mean. Snowfall, it's on you know, the wire, whereas yeah. uh, Snowfall is F, it's on FX, right. so while they could use all the words, they choose not to. Yeah. Uh, and I think you lose something. I think you lose some of the reality of what that life is like, uh, because people use the f word i use the f word uh cops use the f word it's all uh, if you want realism you need the f word uh and maybe they're not going for realism maybe they're going for entertaining and if they're doing that that's fine show uh but yeah i uh i wonder what daniel finney the faux finney is watching on tv (laughs) Like is is he watching Criminal Minds or NCIS? Is he like me? Yeah. Is, he, is he really addicted to Young Sheldon? The, the, yeah, yeah. The the two the this the Thursday night CBS lineup. Well, uh, is is he watching that? Is he like man? I can't get enough of these Big Bang Theory reruns on. He got head positive. Uh, HBO I Max. You know, it's like. Uh, we would talk about things and like, ah, yeah, I, I'm not into technology or phones or whatever. And just like very casually picking up details like your address. Sure. And, uh, oh, yeah, today's my birthday. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're, we're too old for that, but, you know, I'm scribbling it down secretly. Uh, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, your birthday's in February Fraud, at fraud, some point, uh, I, be- I believe. But uh, I think several years ago, yeah, well, I think several years ago, yeah, of the 11 people, at least two of them are probably uh, criminals. Uh, I, I think several years ago, uh, I sent you an email that was basically like, uh, happy birthday, I hope it's C-free. Um, and I think that's the most I could ever do for your birthday. Like, even if we lived in the same town, I'd be like, I'd be like, Hey, you want to get drinks after work? And they'd be like, "Eh, well, you know, I'm going to be working till like seven and then, 
Uh, I'm just going to pass out around 8.30. Uh, What what you ought to do is get a cot. You know, yeah, fold that out in your office. Just take a take a hooker shower in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. You know, just throw some water under the pits and in the crotch. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like your we comb. wrapped up the show, the episode. And but uh, I want to, but I want to spend uh, two no, or three you, minutes. That's fair. Um, I, I've met. Sure. It's. We have to go soon because your mom's going to be called. Um. In the street lights, the street lights. I, I mentioned this on. show called Kingdom. It's an MMA world uh, in Venice Beach, California. Uh, just the ups and downs of this gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it was in the thread sounds about horrible. Oh, perfect characters and perfect shows, and they highlighted this guy that like perfectly fits into that world, but the show isn't perfect. It's it's. It's fine. Uh, I started watching it, and I'm I'm continuing to till the, the end of the series. But uh, it has its little moments. Uh, they'll throw these little parties at the the house. The the guy is very charismatic, but it's just kind of a dump. But he still manages to get these hot chicks because he's, I, I guess, a mm-hmm. fit and uh, a fighter. You know, that's a dangerous trade, I guess. So he, they're doing some cocaine. <clears throat> and I'm normally not a fan of the use of drugs as as a titillating uh, storytelling narrative in a show, uh, but they, they 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 did it in kind of amusing an amusing way. Uh, they had this very snowfall is not for you then by the way. Them line of cocaine, and they were like, "Oh, what are you doing there? That's too thick. That's like that's like a Frenchman's cut." Yeah. Uh, like <laughs> the French have a, French. a thicker line of French cocaine cup. than we do, you know, or the other people of the world. Yeah, so yeah. I just, a more I a just, more pre- a more pretentious a, a funny way throwaway to, comment. To I don't know how accurate it is American. to the French and their their cocaine usage, but um, um, I just wanted to throw that out uh, as a little funny. Well. As we shut down here, I think we yeah. we owe it to our uh, listeners Just of, of life this uh, to wish them a Frenchman's cut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, may may you have a, a Frenchman's cut of life. And uh, Paul, you want to you you've been right. I did a lot of talking today, but I had a I had an eventful well, be, week. Be kind. Uh, so do you, you want to send us home? Crochet, you know, sport sportsmanship. Just take a, a Frenchman's cut and more of those of those uh, frivolities this week. <laughs> yeah, and more and more. Well, that's uh, that's all from Des Moines for Paul in Memphis. Uh, thanks for talking to me, old buddy. Bye-bye. And we'll talk again soon. Bye bye.